columnists are back. Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian talk Chiefs on Sportsbeat KC, presented by Big O Tires. It's Wednesday, February 12th, and I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. We haven't been together since the day after the Super Bowl, so Sam Vahe and I opened by talking Chiefs Parade and its deeper meaning to Kansas City beyond recognizing a football championship. After a break, Sam and Vahe get into some of the financial challenges of keeping the Super Bowl-winning Chiefs together for a repeat run. And Sam comes up with a creative way of keeping free agent Chris Jones in Kansas City and allowing him to sign the lucrative deal he deserves. It's good stuff. So off we go with the Stars Sports Columnists. Sam Vahe. What's up, Blair? Hey, Blair. It occurs to me that we haven't had a discussion um, we haven't met like this since the Super Bowl, the day after the Super Bowl. Am I right about that? Is that, is that right? We didn't, uh... I think that's fact. I think that's fact, and we have not been here in the lavish home studio for even weeks before that. Palatial studio. Palatial. Okay, oh, it's fantastic. What they, and the sound equipment, I think, is par excellence. <laughs> I mean, it, it is uh, state-of-the-art stuff here that I'm looking at and not speaking into. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So maybe somebody can show me how someday, and uh, and we'll we'll have the uh, this this will sound a lot better. Our transparency is just such a highlight of, of of our shows. We're so transparent that although this podcast is running on Wednesday, we're recording it Tuesday afternoon. That's how transparent we are. We are in the media, and we are transparent. I'm looking through you, Blair. You're so transparent. Vahe, well, last time I saw you, you were what about sixty feet above uh, street level. Where, where was that? Across the street here at uh, oh. Messenger Coffee. <laughs> Sorry, that seemed like a long time ago. <laughs> it did seem like a long time it ago. It was, and, and, and I don't think we've had a chance to completely show uh, uh, the, the blood and guts of the operation, but, but the main point there is that it was about 100 yards away, 60 feet up, and eight miles around to, to get there because <laughs> of the parade route, uh, taking a little bit of a, a twist after the incident that morning. But some... Uh uh, so quick thinking on the on the part of Chris Fickett and some others got us to Sam McDowell. Sam McDowell, of course, yeah. took took charge. The kid, you know, just took charge. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> but Sam, I wanted to ask you about your parade experience because you got to you got to enjoy it in a way that uh, uh, that I thought was perfect. Yeah, it was cool. Um, uh, so as it happens, my soon to be six year old is just flat out obsessed with football, and there was no way that we weren't going to go to this parade. Gets that from his mom, I think, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so so the four of us, um, uh, Katie and the kids, we we all went down there and um, it was cool. It was, look, it was cold, um, but it wasn't as cold as I thought it was going to be. And and it was probably colder where you guys were up on on a roof. Um, So, you know, it's a big crowd. So there's, you know, there's body heat and stuff like that. And um, it was fun. I mean, everybody is in a great mood, obviously. Uh, there was one woman who came up, and <laughs> I didn't know how the kids would react. It was like Sammy and had a couple of his buddies with him, but she just came up and like got down on their level. So, so you know, she's a grown woman, probably five eight, five nine, whatever, and and these are five and six year olds, and she just like bent down with them and just goes, oh, <laughs> like just chops right in front of me. Yeah, let the record show like... that Sam is chopping. <laughs> And they just kind of like stunned, like what the hell is going on? I've never seen this one, you know. Uh, so that that was a good moment. That was a good moment. But they, they had a blast. They had a blast. It was. Um, it's all the stuff about a championship parade through a kid's eyes, right? Like it's it's the players that that he's watched on TV 
And now they're not in a helmet. They're not in a uniform. They're on top of a bus and, you know, having fun. It was fun. It was great. Where, where, where'd you guys set up shop? So we were actually like a block from me. I saw you guys on, on top of uh, Messenger. We were like a 16th or 17th or whatever. Uh, I, I thought about like taking a picture of you guys and like zooming in and sending it to you. And I was like, ah, they're, yeah, we're they're working. It would have it been, been fun if you threw a football up to us up on the roof. That would have been a hell of a throw. Just It would have been a bit of a heave, but yeah. maybe would have crossed yeah. traffic with, with all the balls being thrown to and from Patrick, yeah. who st- I take it, I can't remember if you were still at that spot, but we we felt like we were kind of in a fortunately special place because that bus stopped. It did truck whatever it was a long time there, very long time. Yep. And I think I have not been able to sort of do the Zabruder film on this, but I think that's the place where that the ball must have been thrown that the guy ran into the parking, the parking meter, meter. From. It might I have been. I didn't put two into. Yeah, because I think if you look at the background of the video, I think it's the old Star Building. Oh. I think um, I'd have to look again. Don't want to commit the, to that, but yeah. but but at any rate, we saw him. We saw a lot of the interaction, and it was it was it was pretty cool. And so, did you bring JB too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. did they get a view? Did they see some Patrick action? Yeah, up up on shoulders. You 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 can you that's can right. Get some height. That's right. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, look, like you know, the younger one, he'll be four in April. I don't think he really under like he. I think he thought it was cool that there was this big crowd. Right. And, and he had his friends there and, and and that was cool. But it was just look like, you know, one of the being able to see some of these things like through a kid's eyes is 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 just really cool. And the, the other thing that stood out and I think this is probably true of the Royals parade as well. I know it was true of the Royals parade. The, the coolest thing about these parades has to me has been that it really looks like fans are having as much fun as the players, as the people like and it, it is a very much a joint experience whereas a game is one group performing and the other group kind of cheering on and screaming and encouraging and all that stuff right um that's how these things go but the the parade is just both groups enjoying the moment together and 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 mutually like of and that's Guys on the bus, I know people. some people had a problem with this, but guys on the bus throwing a beer to somebody in the crowd. People in the crowd throwing a beer to somebody on the bus. Somebody throwing a football to Andy Reid, he throws it back. Somebody throws a football to Patrick Mahomes, he throws it back. That person runs into a parking meter. But, like, there, there's just it, – it was very much – it was just a very interactive experience that I, I don't know when – when are the other times that you get something like that. One of the things you make me think of, and this is something you've spoken to, I think a little bit on Twitter. I didn't get to see this week's Mellinger Minutes. You might have gotten into it there, but – to me, that was part of the thing to really appreciate and enjoy about this. That, that it's interactive. You're sharing it. Those yeah. those players, by being as emotional and um, stimulated in various ways as they were, they were bringing Chiefs fans into their world. They were it, it, just in a different way than you'd experience. I recognize that some people thought that was a bit much, but I I just can't feel troubled in any way by it. It's just such a release. And I do wonder though. I'm bringing it up to you as a father of two young boys. I don't. I don't think you were bothered by like that they saw that that maybe they can't process it exactly what it was, but I, I don't think that bothered you in any way, did it? Not at all. And and I'm not saying like I'm right and other people who are offended are wrong. And and you know, look, our kids are are basically like almost four, almost six. If they were ten and twelve or fourteen and sixteen or I don't know, may, maybe I'll think differently. Um, you know, after Super Bowl sixty four parade, you know, <laughs> that, that we had. But um, I, I just this gets into a whole other show that we could do, right? About athletes as role models and 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 the the role that we have as parents and as a society to 
present athletes as, as whole people and not just, you know, everything they do is right and we should follow that. Like, you know, I, I think it's an opportunity for conversations and all that stuff. But more than all that, they were having fun. And, and it wasn't exclusive. It wasn't um, – how, how am I trying to word this? It, 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 it very much felt to me like players were inviting fans into their party. And, and it wasn't – you know, again, in a game, it's sort of they're doing it. They're doing all the stuff, and that's awesome, and that, that's where the cameras are, and that's how it should be. And, and, and the fans on the outside are, are cheering. And this very much felt like the players saying, hey, man, we're going to have a hell of a time. Hope you come and be part of this with us. And I, I got the same sense, you know, five years ago, four, whatever, four and a half years ago, um, when, when the Royals did it, is this. And it, it's just – I really don't know that there's another time that you get that. They, they do events in the community and all that stuff, but it's not. It's not this. It's not a party like this. Yeah. Not only, not only is there not another time where you know the, the team or the athletes get to associate with their fans this way. There's no other time in the history of a city, an occasion where everyone's on the same page about yeah. the su- supporting a you know a, a civic enterprise. Yeah. There's nothing else like this in today in 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 our society that's that is that you can liken to a championship parade in which hundreds of thousands of people. What else brings hundreds of thousands of people into a downtown for a big party? Yeah, and, and Times Square, New Year's Eve. Yeah. You know, what, what what else is like this? Yeah, and and not to like make this bigger than it needs to be, but I, I really I felt that, and and I felt it in 2015 as well of. Um, these are divisive times, right? Politically, Kansas City has always been split between Missouri and Kansas and KU and Mizzou. And, and there's a million reasons for people to feel divided. But it really is. I mean, just on that block, like where we're sitting, I mean, you just you look around and everybody there has different beliefs or comes from different parts of town or whatever. And it's just none of that matters. You know, none of it matters. There, there was a bigger cause. It was it was it was amazing. It was so cool. You were you were really in the crowd the whole time. We had a little bit of sort of walking through and getting getting a little stranded and stuff. But you did feel that, for lack of a better term, just diversity. Um, you felt like you could see every socioeconomic, uh, you uh-huh. could see various races. I mean, it it it, it was kind of cool that way. And we again, we just got a glimpse of that. But but I think it was something that anybody in the city would feel drawn to. And and certainly people avoided it because it's chaos. Yeah, yeah. But but any sort of person in the city to your point Blair we, we should say like that that happens to some level every Sunday right like at Arrowhead you know Blair you, you've always you said there, there's a Kansas lot and a Missouri lot and I like that <laughs> but once that once you get inside the stadium everybody's sort of on the same team and the guy next to you may be wearing a, a KU stocking cap and yours may be Mizzou but you're on the same team and all that um, but you're still spending a hundred dollars to get in there on a ticket, right? You know, I, I think there's something to be said for that. Of, um, you know, everybody can bring their kids if you want, and um, <laughs> if you think they can handle it. And also, <laughs> um, you know, and it's it is free. I, I do wonder, Vi, you just like I wonder if 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 people, hundreds of thousands of people there, but if it wasn't what some people expected, I wonder what portion of that was thirty degrees and and predicted snow and what portion of that was it seemed like city officials were basically saying you better get here by midnight the night before or don't even think about showing up and i think some people probably got 
turned away by that. I think they learned from the 2015. There were some lessons to be learned from the 2015 Royals Parade. It was so much better organized. <laughs> My God. And I don't say that, like, I thought some of that of the Royals Parade was, like, endearing of people, like, parking on the freaking highway right. and then walking from there. Well, I tell you what, though, when we, <laughs> we were... so much better organized. It was, but still, like, so I live a couple, couple and a half miles, maybe about three miles away and near where the Costco is, the Linwood yeah. Costco, I'm driving and immediately I see $50 parking there. Not at Costco, but across the street. No $50 parking and yeah. hundreds of people walking from there. Maybe that was part of the lesson. Rather spend that half hour walking than, than yeah. sitting in you know a concentric circle of yeah. nothingness. But also when we drove, when uh, Chris Fickett drove, drove us, uh, Blair and me and Sam McDowell, around the perimeter to get to the other side. Remember up by, uh, was that on Linwood, was it Broadway? Broadway and Linwood in there, 31st. Again, that's not close. And right. cars were all over the grass, cars were all over, but at least yeah. they weren't on the highway. Yeah. <laughs> I guess right. that was the, the thing. Just, there, there was, I was talking with a friend about this this morning, actually, about um, there's some of the identity of both franchises in their parades of, you know, the Royals was, I, I thought, like super personal. <laughs> In, in, a, in, a, in a different way and and it was an explosion of, of energy and, and and all that stuff and this one was so well or I mean it was just the NFL knows how to throw an event right and and there, those maps were distributed and everybody knew like what streets were going to be blocked off and and where to go and um, there's <laughs> look and I'm not I'm not saying one's better than the other there's there's good parts of both but it was just it made me chuckle about how much better organized this was and the royals are just like look man show up <laughs> it's gonna be cool <laughs> so with the chiefs it's you will follow the shrubs <laughs> exactly <laughs> there will be order <laughs> yeah. oh man okay let's uh, this we spent more time on this than i thought let's take a break and when we come back we'll get into uh, the future of the chiefs our biggest tire sale of the year happening now at Big O Tires. Buy two tires, get two free on select tires in stock. That's two tires free when you buy an alignment and tire protection package. That's 50% off tires at Big O Tires. It's going on now, but it all ends soon. Buy two tires, get two free at all participating Big O Tires. Installation additional plus shop fee of up to 10% of non-discounted retail price. Not to exceed $35. Hurry, sale ends Monday, President's Day. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. All right, we're back with Vahe and Sam. And the parade is behind us now. Um, <laughs> next play. <laughs> That's, right. That's over. We're on to the next yeah. parade possibility. And for the Chiefs to get to a next parade, they're going to have to shape a roster, post-Super Bowl roster, with um, uh, with some players that we, we think might not be here next year that helped them win a Super Bowl. And 
I go back and forth. Look, it's only about a week and a half since the Super Bowl win, but it just seems like every time I listen to talk radio or um, any conversation I have about the Chiefs, everybody wants to talk about Chris Jones. Yeah. The future of Chris Jones. That says two things. One, you know, it's you know, the, the, the Chiefs have some decisions to make with impending free agents, but also how important he is to you know, what, what happened to the Chiefs this year and just how, you know, how vital he was in the, in the Super Bowl. So let's, let's kind of set it up. Just a, kind of a Cliff's Notes, Cliff's Notes, Notes version, I'll, I'll get it out, uh, of this is the, the Chiefs are going to commit a lot of money to, to their quarterback, and there's, uh, it's it's going to leave them with a you know, with an amount of cap space that's not enviable. Something about twenty million, maybe. I was told in the twenties. Okay, in the twenties, which would make it difficult for them to give Chris Jones a long term contract. Now there are options for the Chiefs and Chris Jones. One is to franchise tag him and make him a Chief for next year. Another is to franchise tag him and trade him. There are some options with Chris Jones, but I guess what we're going to find out as the Chiefs work it out with Chris Jones is just how much of the post-Super Bowl, you know, we all want to be back and keep this thing going versus how much of the NFL is a cold, hard business uh, are we going to see here? And I guess it's a long-winded way of asking, is Chris Jones going to be a Chief next year? Well, one quick thought. I mean, how much would you say other factors are in play, like in terms of – I'm really just making this up, but let's say that will Sammy Watkins be back? How, how, I don't know the ratio of what money goes in cap on his contract, et cetera, but what, what, how could that alleviate some of that? Will, will he be back? They got $14 million in, if they cut Watkins. And I, I just – I think they love Sammy Watkins. Like, you know, he hasn't been maybe worth the contract, but free agent contracts are sort of – airport prices he's been great in the playoffs but yeah. if you can save 14 and then another seven um of dead money that goes away for 2021 i think that's why you have mccall hardman and demar and demarcus robinson is also a free agent he'll get a raise but you know he's not going to make 14 million no. <laughs> next year so I, I just think that that's a place that's a position of strength and depth uh, you know if you're making if you're trying to bring back Chris Jones, and I think the Chiefs legitimately, genuinely, sincerely want Chris Jones back. I don't think you can even pretend that you want to do that if you're going to bring back Sammy Watkins on, on that on that deal. And they may ask him to renegotiate or whatever, but um, you know, then you're kicking the can down the road and you're not saving $14 million. I know that. I just, look, I, I think that Chris, like, sincerely wants to be back. I thought that before the way that he acted after the Super Bowl. <laughs> and <laughs> he has been effusive about, you know, yeah. uh, he, he talks very much about a, a future of we here. And uh, I, I think that's sincere, but I think he wants to be back with the Chiefs on a big-ass contract. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he wants to be back with the Chiefs on a franchise tag. So if you look at – I don't know if this really helps define it, but – would would you make the case that Chris is one of the two or three most important players on their defense? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and Tyron, sure. and you know, Tyron, maybe Frank, Frank maybe Chris. Frank, I don't, yeah. I don't, those those so, are the three. I don't know. When I frame it that way in my head, I, I think how so. How instrumental was he in this? Obviously, you, you look at the other side of the ball too, and what what could be, as you put it, a, a position of strength where you could maybe make some numbers work better. I don't know. I I I you I think are pretty dialed into this, Sam. It seems to me they will do everything they can to try to make it work. 
Yeah. Well, but it might be thing, limited in how they can do it. Yeah, the, the quarterback is going to make just a ton of money, obviously. But one thing, um, and I want to talk to some people that live in this world to make sure I'm not just completely off base here. But when you have a 24-year-old that you want to pay a ton of money to, I think you can spread that money around, you know, and then look, maybe he just wants a two-year deal and, and to do like LeBron, you know, and, and you go year to year, there's more player power and he's going to have some pressure from the union. His agent, Chris Cabot, is going to have probably some pressure from other agents about like, this is a chance to make a landmark, you know, precedent for other players. So there, there's always those factors. But I just think about this, like, what if he did, you can only spread a signing bonus over five years, but what if they did something like eight years, $320 million and it would be 40 he'd be the highest paid player it'd be the biggest contract in league history by far um, you could give him the most guaranteed money you know by far but you feel pretty good about giving a 24 year old who's this good and this talented and this focused and this committed eight years and 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 maybe there's a clause in there that if he becomes you know outside of the top three or five highest paid quarterbacks in football then he, it opens up a window to renegotiate. I mean, I, I just I think there's stuff you can do, and that would allow. My point here is that that would allow you to to spread that money around even further, and then maybe you can fit in Chris Jones because I, I think that they're in a unique situation. Like Patrick is going to be the highest paid player in league history, but I think he also sincerely understands that it's in his best interest and what he wants for the Chiefs to not be hamstrung by his contract. And I, it just seems like when you have two sides that agree that see it, things so similarly that something can be worked out. How about the idea that, well, first of all, it can't happen until Mahomes' contract, right? I mean, that's, yeah. we're not going to, Mahomes' deal is going to come, yes, yeah. Mahomes' contract's going to come first. And, and what role does the, um, the, the collective bargaining agreement, yeah. you know, play in this. Are, are we looking at? We're talking about this, you know, less than ten days after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Is this, you know, could as Clark Hunt told us in Miami, you know, we're looking at a twelve to fifteen month, you know, window maybe for Patrick Mahomes. Now, I we all kind of didn't roll our eyes, but you know, the, the antenna went up saying, what, what does he, what does he mean by that? Because it certainly could be done a lot sooner than that. Except you keep hearing, well. Collective bargaining agreement has to be settled before yeah, any I, long-term deal is done. That's he should say twelve to fifteen months. Um, you, you don't want to put yourself in a corner where you have to make a decision before you have to make a decision, right? Um, but I, I, I don't think, I don't think, I think people in the front office would be surprised if the deal wasn't done in the first couple months of that 12 to 15 month window, you know, because if you sign a deal a month from now, that's within 12 to 15 months. It right? is indeed. And, and Clark would have been, you know, accurate. I just look, it, I just think that, that Patrick Mahomes is breaks every rule on, on the football field and in situations like this. I understand the CBA, but no matter what that CBA looks like, the Chiefs are going to want Patrick Mahomes on a long term contract. So I understand like there, there's you don't know how much more cap space is going to be available in 2021 versus 2020 and especially 2022 and 2023 and all that stuff. But you still know you want to pay that guy a bunch of money and have him on your team. I just, again, I, I understand like the CBA is a thing that has to be worked around, but um, I, I just think Mahomes is the exception to every rule. How? Oh, go ahead. Blair. I was going to say, he's the precedent is what he is. Yeah. You know, he's, he doesn't break rules. He establishes new rules. Yeah. 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 
And then you start, like, this has nothing to do with Kansas City, but I just wonder, like, did Deshaun Watson want to get in before Mahomes or, you know, after Mahomes and then just ask for 90% or whatever? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how that works. How unusual would it be if, if it were to turn out there'd been a lot of negotiating behind the scenes already? I mean, I don't know how this works, what's kosher in that way, but I assume that there's no just, like, one day they just show up and, and oh, this is we created a deal. I, I, do we yeah, have reason no. to think that this has been kind of getting worked on for yeah. some months? I yeah. assume that. I look like uh, you know that that Alex Smith trade couldn't have been, couldn't be done until the first day of the league year, right? Right. Uh, Therese <laughs> broke that story about <laughs> a month that before. Thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Super Bowl. laughs> yeah, uh, I mean they can't officially sign anything. And, and again, like I think that, that that most of the time, like with um, uh, free agents, pending free agents, there's not a lot of reason there's not a lot of 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 motivation on either side to negotiate before the season's over because if you agree on a number and the player gets hurt then the team wants out if you agree agree on a number and then the player goes off you know and just has a stellar run then the agent wants more money right but again i I just think he's the exception to every rule yeah and um I, i assume they've been working at least on framework and you know philosophies on on what each side wants i assume they've been doing that for months if they if they haven't I'm not sure they've been doing their job, honestly. What would uh, let's let's say that it doesn't work out with Chris Jones? He gets tagged and traded. What's what's the what's fair compensation for Chris Jones? I don't know. I've heard, I've heard like um, what they gave up. They gave up a first and a a second, right? For for, for Frank, for Frank. Clark. something like that. It has to be right for yeah for such an impact player. Yeah, I mean you're, you're probably talking about later in the first round, right? Like a pick twenty five to thirty two. Um, and something to get you know similar, but yeah, I, I think that's about what what the Chiefs should be asking for. I can't remember how you phrased this before, but that this this takes me back. Or it might have been Blair that said it, but part of the, the 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 thinking in Frank Clark getting that contract this year from the Chiefs and Chris Jones not having that contract was Chris Jones needed to have a Frank Clark, you know, mm-hmm. a con- continuation of what he was doing and show yeah. that he was worth that, and yeah. seems he has. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I, like, uh, Chris Jones, like, could not have handled this situation. Like, a potential just, like, flammable, you know, if, if he acted like a baby, uh, if he held out, if if when Frank Clark got in, he was like, screw this guy, he got the, he got my contract, that could have completely torpedoed this season. Yeah. And yeah. he acted like just a model professional. Didn't He was a model professional. Um, I know he didn't go to OTAs, whatever. Um, he was there first but day. Didn't tra- training camp, right? The very first day, showed up on time, and not just that, but was was focused, was you know performed. He 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 got hurt, handled that like a pro. Him and Frank seemed to have developed like a legit bond, you know, of of working together instead of just you know one of these intra team rivalries that that you know could have happened. I mean, it was just there, he could not have handled it any better. He. he the whole thing, and then to finish the Super Bowl the way that he did, of, of you know, batting down passes in the line of scrimmage, he just could not have handled it better from it beginning is, to end. It is a great point about Chris and Frank, and um, each of them could have been a little awkward about it, right? Yeah. I mean, Frank coming in, and Frank kind of refers to the big contract all the time, like, as a heavy thing, mm-hmm. you know, almost like, not a burden, but like, something that he has to account for almost mm-hmm. to his teammates, yeah. and I, it, it strikes me now with you saying that, that Probably part of that thinking is informed by his consciousness of Chris Jones. Yeah, and it you know it's of interest to me in the context of what you're saying too. Their lockers are right next to each other, mm-hmm. and you you could 
absolutely see the uh, a really flourishing relationship between them and that, and and it couldn't have been that way if Chris weren't yeah. you know generous of mind in that. Yeah, and and the potential was there, right? Like not just the yeah. financial. I mean, just the way that humans are incentivized, uh, but they're both big personalities. And, you know, if that thing was going to blow up, it wasn't going to blow up like a like one little tiny fire. <laughs> that was going to be a bag of dynamite <laughs> and it just didn't it was it, they were they were stronger together it was really cool i'll add this too chris jones had to go from outside to inside you know, yeah he basically had to switch positions with the scheme yep. Yep, with yep. the scheme and, and again ha- handled it like like a pro like a true pro yep. so all right let's uh before we wrap it up and there's going to be a lot of time to talk about these issues um over the next weeks and months but let's just talk about a, a couple more players or uh, some decisions the chiefs have to make with these players uh, let's go to the secondary. Uh, Bashard Breland and Kendall Fuller, the two yeah. guys that had interceptions in the in the Super Bowl, uh, both free agents. Yeah. Both do raises. I mean, both are going to get raises. I, I find it interesting uh, that, and, and my feeling is, we're not going to see both of them with the Chiefs next year. Um, maybe yeah. maybe neither, but but I don't think both. I agree with that. Like, I'm curious what you guys think about this too. But Bashad Breland fits the profile of a guy that is going to get three years, thirty-two million 32. or something like. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just making up. No, numbers. no, that's, that's that's what I was thinking. Somewhere else, you know, that somebody, you know, Super Bowl champion, made plays. Uh, they're going to watch the last play of the Patriots game. How about the uh, the, the Detroit the Lions, Lions. game? The yeah, my gosh, hundred yards. Yeah. Biggest defensive player of the year, I yeah. think, for the Chiefs. And, like, Bashad Breeland has been on two years of trying to get paid, right? Like, this was the plan last year, and he was hurt. Um, this was a prove-it deal. He proved it. You know, I, I think there's some parallels you can draw with, with Tyre Matthew, what, what he did uh, <coughs> when he went from Arizona to Houston. And now his prove-it deal was $7.5 million or something, which is pretty sweet. Uh, but then he got he got paid with the Chiefs after he proved it. I, I think – I just think Breland's going to do something like that. Kendall Fuller's really interesting. I, I don't know what his market is. He's, he's only 24. I think he'll be 25 by the time the season starts. But he's young. But it's just – I don't know what the market is for a guy that's in his contract year got pushed off his position. Right. I just – I don't know. I don't know. Maybe somebody thinks he's 24, he's really talented, he was good in that position, so we'll give him a big contract. Or he might have to do a prove-it deal. Um, and I think the Chiefs would be a good place for him to do it, actually. But I don't know. What, what do you guys think about this? Those, those two are well, interesting. Let me just say this. I think there was a reason why I tried to interview Kendall Fuller the last few weeks of the regular season. He didn't want to talk. Yeah. And I think he was he was kind of ticked off about yeah. having, to, having to. Meanwhile, teammates couldn't praise him enough for the approach that he took. And, yeah. and, um, and again, he came up with the, the, the final statement in the Super Bowl. So that's going to work in his favor. I really couldn't add anything. To the, you, the, I think you've brought up everything you would want to be thinking about on this. And, and, and having said all that, I feel like it's a, a little bit of a roll of the dice on either or both. I, but I, I think certainly not both back. Yeah. I, I, I just like I, I think with Breland, like part of you know, it's one of them good problems, right? From from the wire, but like you just have to find the Bashad Breland of 2020. You know, like you got him to perform on a. He was making like two or three. I can't remember. It was it was a relatively small number, um, but you just got to find that again. You know that that's that's the challenge of, of Brett Veach and and his guys. And look, I will say this: your your logic is is perfect on this, but that was a guy who made big plays. And Kendall did a time or two, but but Breland had a little bit of a knack. He did, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it it does make me wonder if 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 that's as easily replaced, uh, not easily replaced, but as replaceable as yeah. 
as uh, as the financial situation might dictate otherwise. He handled himself like a pro. I mean, you know, there there was a time where he was getting flagged every time a ball went up. It seemed like you know, I mean, he, right. he had hands all over, and, and that just kind of went away. It's you know, and 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 the the plays kept coming as the season went on. But the question with with, with Breland, it's always been to me is. Was he really talking to somebody on the phone at training camp two years ago? <laughs> so I saw him in in New Orleans actually for the you know I went down there for this Tyron Matthew thing in April or May or whatever it was last year, and and I was like look like I, I want to talk to you about two things. <laughs> I was like I want to ask you about Tyron and we'll get to that. But first, you weren't talking to anybody on that phone. And he was like, I know everybody said that, but he's like, I swear, I think he said it was his agent or his mom or somebody. Like, he, he swore up and down. I still don't believe him. It, it, some people might not. He swore that he was on the phone with somebody. Might not remember what this is all about, right? But it was the he was in camp to, to get a little uh, look-see or vice yeah, versa. Yeah, two years ago, right? Walking through the, the media parade, and all of a sudden he's on the cell phone yeah. uh, as, as if he couldn't, yeah. couldn't possibly be stopped. I, that phone, there was a chance that phone would have started ringing when it was like <laughs> next to his head. That I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for the chat. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. And a salute to our producers, Derek Donovan and Randy Mason. Thanks, guys. Links to Chief Stories and Mellinger Minutes can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and the Red Zone Extra app. And if you're not reading Mellinger Minutes, you are missing out. It's like 10 of Sam's columns in one take. It's great stuff. If you like what you heard today, and look, how can you not? Leave us a review and a rating where you can. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode of Sports BKC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.